this, okay. Uh, and then we even look at the word and try to come up with our own revelation, our understanding of it. And God's just saying, wait like a child. There's something about that anticipation when, you don't, when you're seeking and you're not finding that builds and builds and builds and explodes out of you where it becomes desperation. That's where you need to let yourself get to where you're so hungry that it manifests as desperation. See, there's something about, yeah, okay, you're hungry, but when you become really hungry, you're like that woman where she was crawling to Jesus. Oh, I, I would even eat the crumbs off your table. And he said, and he called her a dog. But then she said, but, but then he actually implored her and said, great is your faith. So I don't really care if I'm called a dog because a dog is hungry, right? Yeah. So actually everybody looks at that like, oh, wow, that's a terrible rebuke. No, actually that's a great imploration because she was willing to go so low like a dog on four legs to be able to get just to be at the master's table. See, maybe you need to start being ready to be called a dog by Jesus and actually know that that's an encouragement. That you're actually hungry and you're not like the adults and that you're actually like a child. I don't just want to be a dog. I want to be a puppy dog because I know the puppy dogs, they'll eat and eat and eat. I've had a puppy before and it just eats and eats and eats and doesn't. It's like, man, you have a little stomach, you just keep eating? Well, I do use the dung gate every two minutes, so. Well, actually, the more you eat, what happens when you eat? You digest. So actually, the more, uh, more you eat, the more you d- get delivered. What is it? What is the dung gate in, in Nehemiah? It's the deliverance gate. That's where we get, right? When, when you, not, I'm not going to use terms. You know what I'm talking about. But when you use the bathroom, you're being delivered from the decomposed things in your stomach, right? And the, so the dung gate actually represents deliverance. So the, when you eat, things are processing, being composed together. So if you're not, if you're not catching this, really get out of your own understanding because there's a lot being poured out. It gets decomposed together and comes together and it gets, and there's deliverance. So you actually, so you're crying out for God to deliver you, but you need to actually be crying out for God that you'd be hungry, that you would eat, that you would, that the dung gate would be open for you to be delivered. Actually eating the word gets me delivered from my words and Satan's words. Because as I, because Satan's words and my words are actually dull and null, but God's words are living, what's living actually where there's something that's living, what is what is void? Death. All the th- all the, the the things from the tree of life, from the tree of knowledge and good that you've been eating all this time, the tree of life in one bite decomposes it out. All the all the, the living things as I eat it, the, all the because actually when you're eating, your stomach's processing, but actually it's not letting out that exactly. It's letting out what was from yesterday. So what was from our former life? What is now being decomposed because now from our new life we're eating and that's and that's processing and letting out the the old. Can't understand that because that all goes back down to hunger. When we're hungry, we eat. When we eat, we de- we. It's actually there's actually deliverance on the other side. This message is called made manifest. Made manifest. Everything. Hidden shall be revealed by the light. Everything in secret places shall be shouted out on the rooftops. There's nothing that can't be hidden that will not be seen by the eyes. See, it'll be see, it's always seen by the eyes of the Lord. We look at those scriptures and we say, well, God sees it, so it's already seen. No, it's going to be seen by all, for, by you, by all to see. 
But there's a time that God gives us to repent and get right. And God actually makes, makes um, manifest our own flesh to ourselves that we may see. See, God was even showing me that even our own thoughts are a manifestation of our heart. And it's actually biblical. You don't even, some of you don't even know. I just f- found out this not too long ago that there's a scripture that talks about how the thoughts of men are actually, I forget how it goes. I'll have to look at it after. It's actually uh, only, te- a, a, only telling of their heart, actually. I forget. What's that scripture? Anybody know that scripture? It's a, it's a scripture, basically. And what, what does it even say? It says, when you're tempted, you're, not, you're actually, it's of your own desires and lust. So even the temptation is something the devil sees in you that he can try to lure through you. So what's in our heart actually manifests to our mind or actually has a part in that manifestation. And what comes from Satan actually really comes from our heart because he sees something in our heart that he can use to try to pull us. But if he sees nothing in our heart, what is he going to pull us with? Jesus overcame in the wilderness because there was nothing at his heart that Satan could get to his heart. And that's why he had to go to scripture and say, why don't you take all these mountains? But Jesus knew that they were his anyway. And just like Shane said it, that it was only a temporary possession that the devil had. That Jesus was going to reclaim all at the end. And you see it in the book of Revelation. So what was in Jesus actually was made manifest in that time of temptation. Temptations, trials, tribulations, all these things actually make manifest what's really in our heart. What's what the devil tempts us with, actually, it's not really, oh, the devil's trying to tempt me with this. No, it's actually, yeah, it's temptation, but, and you can't fulfill it, but it's actually a manifestation of what still needs to come out of you. You're being tempted with lust? Well, actually, there's still lust in you. No, no man can say that they're tempted by God, but we're tempted by Satan, but God actually uses Satan to get to the bottom of us. 1 Corinthians 3.13 Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. And as you can see, if you look in the world, many men's hearts are already revealed by what they do. And it even says that one scripture says, if you do righteousness, you are revealed as the children of the light. If you do unrighteousness, you're the child of darkness. So many in the world, they're already seen by what, who their father is, by what, even what they do. But now in the church, things can get a little tricky. Because Adam was in the kingdom, but he was also one foot in the world when he started to eat that fruit. And now he put on the fig leaves. And then you have those people in the church that, that they're in the kingdom, they're in the church, but they have now put on fig leaves. And even just the breath of God, even just his presence revealed Adam because he tried to hide and, and then... And then just his breath and, his, and just God's presence in that moment in the garden even manifested. But actually what God was showing me about that, that, that thing in the garden was he was really showing me that because now what they ate, right? What we talked about the fruit. They ate the fruit and what was in that fruit was already being reproduced in them because before Adam would have never put fig leaves on. That would never be an idea. But now it's an idea to hide from God. All of a sudden, they were exposed naked. Everything was free. But now everything was bound because of that one tree and that one seed that came from the, from the fruit that they ate. And now Adam's actions actually revealed what was now, what was eaten and what was put in his heart. And it was shown. See, what we eat will reproduce something in our heart, which will be manifested because out of the heart 
comes the issues of life. Out of a man's mouth is where, is where the heart is. So what you speak is actually what's coming out of your heart. Unless, But even if you speak falsehood and lies, and if you speak diversions and all these things, then really you're actually still revealing yourself as... Because why would, why would somebody who's filled with truth speak lies? So there's, what we speak is actually the seeds that are in our heart. Every man's work shall be tried by fire, shall be, shall be revealed. See, we're tried by fire. We're being formed into the image of God in the fire. But we're also, see, that's the fire of his purification. But then there's the fire that reveals. When it was, eight, when it was Elijah and um, the prophets of Baal... The fire revealed whose God was who. And, they didn't, and, and, and the other, the 450 false prophets actually were revealed as having a dead God because nothing happened. Nothing showed up. There was no fire. But by fire, it was revealed that Elijah's God was God. And many repented and many died. Korah and Moses, it was revealed by fire and, and, and Moses knew Let's have a showdown then. You think your God is God? You think your way is God? Then let's see who, who's God answers by fire. Let's see the manifestation of what you say that you have inside, of where you say you come from. Let's see it by fire. And it's a spiritual thing because in a, even in our spiritual lives, because God is the fire. So when we're talking about the fire, we're actually talking about God. And when we're talking about God, we're also talking about the fire because he is the fire meaning he is a revealer. He is a manifester. He pulls the things that are hidden and it makes it be, be shown out in the open. And he lets the things that are shown out in the open that are not of God die, die and fall into the ground. But the things that are not will shall stand. And it says that in the last day that every man's work will be tried by fire. And some will, both men will be saved, but one man's works will be burnt because they were not of God. And one man's works will survive because they were of the fire. What was of the fire cannot be burnt by the fire. So what happened? Then Moses Moses' guys showed up by fire and all saw who was, who was of God and who was not of God. But every man's work revealed by fire. Don't beat yourself up if God's revealing something in you. Just be glad that he did because you didn't know that it was there. Just be glad that you did because now you can actually take it to him. So when God reveals it to you, you need to reveal it and expose it to him Actually, so the fire revealed what you had in you, but now you need to let the fire deliver. See, the fire reveals, but the fire also delivers and separates. So what the fire gave us, we need to actually give back to the fire so that we can come out with the gold and the silver that was refined by the fire. And the gold and the silver is you. You are his works. You are the thing he's molding. So God is trying to take out all the little spots and all the little blemishes and all the specks so that he can make us perfect as he is perfect. People say, well, I am perfect as he is perfect. Yeah, you may be in the spirit, you're a new creation, but our soul, our body is being, is being perfected. See, then you have two people. You have people that say, we're never perfect, or we'll never be perfect. And then you have people that say, well, we're perfect already. No, let's take it all to here and say we're being perfected. Day by day, glory, glory to glory, faith, faith to faith, we're going from self to Christ every day. We're going from self is going down, Christ is rising in us, and, as, and then we get to a point where the de- we say to the devil, you have nothing in me. That's the point that we're getting to. That's the full stature of Christ is when we say to the devil, you have nothing in me. 
That's where we're arriving to. Ephesians 5, 11 to 17. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is the shame even to speak of those things that which are done in secret. But all things are reproved and are made manifest by the light. See, the light exposes what's hidden in darkness. Don't, be con- some, don't, don't, know, don't nobody be condemned by anything or, or feel condemned by anything. What, you're, what God is exposing you in you right now is so that you can deal with yourself right now and not later. Because we're talking about revival and all these things. When that time comes, you're going to want that thing out of you. But So God is in his mercy. He's not making you deal with it in a most crucial time. He's making you deal with, deal with it in the wilderness that you won't have to deal with it in the promised land. I'd rather, see, I'm in the promised land. I'm actually supposed to be a giant slayer, not trying to slay my own mountains and giants. I'm supposed to be slaying giants of other nations and over other people. Right now, God is giving you the chance to slay the giants in your life, awaken the giant in you, and eat giants as your bread in the promised land. Come on, guys. Don't, get, don't beat yourself up. Know that we're in the fire. We're being refined. Things are coming out of us. Things are coming in us. We're being renewed day by day. And glory to glory, the more we're renewed, the more glory. See, it's glory to glory. Glory fills us, takes us to another level of glory. You may think you've touched the level of glory, but we're going from glory to glory. It's going to be even greater glory. Greater glory is this. And tomorrow it'll be greater glory is that. Greater glory is even that. You think this was greater glory? Well, greater glory is that. It goes and goes. And that's the greatest thing about God is it never ends. And he even says, See, I didn't pull out all the scriptures on this stuff because I'd be here all day, but there were so many scriptures about things being made manifest, whether it was for darkness or whether it was for light, whether it was to bring revelation or whether it was to reveal the heart of a man. Jesus was made, was spoken of in the Old Testament. The word was made flesh and was manifest to the sons of man. Jesus was spoken of by the prophets, but what was spoken was now made manifest and seen amongst men. Righteousness was spoken of, but now righteousness became a man before our eyes. And it even says that the works of the flesh, that that in us the works of the flesh are made manifest. Adultery, fornication, and God, you know what God showed me about that? Is we know we still have a lot of flesh in us when we see these fruits of, or these works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, because it also says, right? Are you not in the flesh? Or or have you started in the spirit and ended in the flesh that you now have divisions amongst you and all these strivings and all these stripes and all this stuff? So we know actually the the works of the flesh are made manifest. Adultery, covetousness. So when we have, when we see the, when we look at that, we have to look at that different. We have to look at it as, oh wow, I see, I have that issue. I have, maybe I got a little covetousness or maybe I got that. And now say, oh, okay, it's not just that I have that, it's that I have more flesh to tear, it's that I have more of a a renewing of my mind. Because really the flesh, the way we think, when I talk about flesh, I'm not just talking about this body, I'm talking about the way we think. I'm talking about the way our our heart intends on things, the way our desires, these are where all these things come from. You don't just have uh, covetousness in you because you just have it in you. You have it in you because you were told when you were a child that you can attain anything you want, have anything you want. 
You can go after it. It's yours. Go after your dreams. And all these things that we've been fed, producing seeds of covetousness in us. See, the seed becomes a fruit. What you don't realize is when you eat that fruit, the seeds are in the fruit. Jesus said, it's not what, it's not what, um, how does it go? It's not what comes out of a man's mouth. It's what, uh, go ahead, what is it? It's not what a man takes in his mouth. Yes. It's what comes out of his mouth. It's, it's not what a man takes in. It's what comes out. But what comes in, the fruit that you eat, the seed is being planted within, and then the fruits come out. See that? Some of you, are, don't be in La La Land. This is, catch, the, catch what's, what God is speaking here, because everything you eat, whether it be words of knowledge, words of wisdom, words from heaven, words from people, thoughts, some of you are eating your own thoughts and producing more works of the flesh in you. Actually, you need to stop saying, okay, I need to stop doing the covetous. I need to stop doing it. No, you need to say, what am I eating that's producing this in me because it's being made manifest in me? You see what I'm saying? Everything that we, we were fed when we were a child, that's why it's made, such, it's made men out there such beasts. It didn't start with, some, it, it doesn't always start with exposure to, how the image of the beast looks like. It's the seed of the image that's being eaten and put in the heart. So what if you, if you put out there what the devil looks like? No, it's, it's the, how the devil was formed in his mind. Because how did it start? I want to be like God. So what did he do to Adam and Eve? You can be like God. You Knowing good and evil. What does he say to people today? You can be like God, do what thou will. That's, that's what has birthed him from the center, is making himself the center. Self-centeredness actually makes us do all these things in the flesh that we don't want to do. So we're actually, as, we're, as self is being hit down with the hammer, so is the works of the flesh. So when I eat more of the words, the tree of life, I'm actually producing more of the fruits of the Spirit. Like, like Shane was saying this morning about the seeds. We're eating the seeds. And what comes out from seeds? Fruit. We eat the seeds of God and the fruit of the, the, the seeds of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit come out. What seeds are you eating? But we're really, what fruit are you eating from? And we're eating fruit from other people's tree, which has seeds in it. So how other people think and how other people act, we're eating that, we're taking that in, and the seeds inside the fruit, you don't even realize when you're eating the fruit, the seed is coming with it because it's inside the fruit. And now, wow, there was such a nice, but what does it say? Good, uh, bad company corrupts good character. So as you're around someone, you're eating from their image. You're eating from their thoughts. You're eating from their ways. And the seeds are being planted in you and producing the same thing in you. Right now, you're eating and it's about seeds. But we don't, don't want you to just eat the seed. We want, you, we want to expose the wrong seeds. So if you really want to say it, it's really the war of the seeds. Because at the end of the day, the seeds make a whole garden. But all things, and what does the devil want to do? The devil wants to take away the God seed. The devil wants to go on the ground and take away what was good that was planted because what was good from God will flush out, like we said before, will leave it at the dung gate, all, this, all the bad seeds. 
Because the word of God is a two-edged sword. It tears down. It, it divides everything that is flesh and spirit. It divides joint and marrow. So when the word of God is planted in you, it's not just a seed. It's also a sword that is cutting away. And that is leaving what is righteous. But all things that are approved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. See, he, he manifested his light on us. And now we've become that light as he manifests the light on us. Actually, you want to walk in light more? Let him manifest the light in every place that's dark in you. So I, I want to be... So the more I actually keep my eyes single on the light is the more I'll actually be filled with light. And if I'm filled with something, I become that something. And it doesn't just fill me, it comes out of me. But how great is that darkness? How great is that focus on what is dark? How great is that letting, not letting that little darkness be revealed? You want to walk more in the light? Let the light reveal every part of you. We keep, we, see, that's what we do all the time. Every time there's a dark place in us, we run from it and say, no, no, don't touch that then you don't want to walk in the light because the light doesn't just shine, it shines something out and that part of you is, is, starts to become illuminated. Wherefore, he says, Awakest thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ give thee light. He gives you light. But you have to be willing for the light. See, we're born again. The light, yes, the light found me oh this little light of mine but why does it got to stay little because you have to let the light keep shining on every area so it can become the big this big light of mine wow let's change the whole song add a little bass to it this big little this big light of mine Woo! i can't stop from letting it shine because it's a fire in my bones now it's, that, that's that's how we are when we're born again yes or maybe that song was inspired by somebody that really genuinely got saved. This little light of mine, yeah, they had a little Jesus, all right. Now get in the fire so it can be a big light. Get in the fire so we can put some Energizer Bunny batteries in there and make it really shine. See, the light is getting brighter and brighter. The, the day is getting darker. We're getting brighter. But even as it gets darker, we even get brighter naturally. So there's actually a double brightness being done on us because the because the day, like it said in that one scripture, the day is revealing it. What the evil increasing is actually increasing the, the, the revealing of who's righteous. See, things back in the day were actually harder to know who was righteous and who was not because there wasn't as much evil. And you had people that had a little agenda there and a little agenda there, but they had some righteousness. But now men's folly has been manifest. What is deep in the heart has been seen and shown and done in action. And now the children of the light are still the light. Oh, what? They haven't changed. They're still righteous. They're even doing more righteousness. They've even gone from glory to glory. So it's seen by men. So actually, you want to be seen so bad, but actually the darkness is actually revealing the light in you even more. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And when we have the, when we're the light, we're like a light tower. We see, we, we know the more light you actually have in you, you actually become a light tower because 
Everywhere you look, you can see. And then it's easier to see what, what the will of God is, what God wants, what God likes, because the light reveals it. Then, then you start having more revelation. You start having more understanding. You can see more. You start to have that aspect of a seer where you start to, starting to see heaven, hell, earth, death, and the grave, and life, peace, godliness, sin, destruction, righteousness. You start to see what it all looks like and what the, 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 the retrospect of it is. Like Paul and Peter, when they were talking about the revelations of Christ, and they were like a light tower in the Old Testament, seeing everything, everything being revealed. But some of us are still looking through a glass darkly. Like that, that, there's that scripture that says you, we look through a glass darkly. But the more light that we have, the glass actually shines through the, the, the glass darkly and actually makes it light and actually expels the darkness in the glass. So you don't have to actually be looking through a glass darkly anymore when... The light is filling you and shining out of you to see, for you to see. The more you let the light shine in you, the more light that will shine out of you, and the more you'll be able to see the things you need to step over as a wise servant, as a wise uh, um, virgin with the lamp stand, with the with the oil in the lamp, right? The oil is also the light. The oil makes light, and we start to see where we're going more and more and more. The, some people's light is really bright, and they can see everything. And it's like, whoa, I know that. I, I can see that. Whoa, the devil's there. Look, you don't even know. And some people's light is like just a little dim light that needs to be changed out. And they're like, the devil? I don't see nothing over there. It's so dark over there, I can't even see. And the, but the other one's like, I see it. It's a, there's a devil. I see it with my light. The light gets brighter. The exposing gets deeper. What you allow to be exposed in you is what will is what will start to increase in exposure in your eyes. So meaning, the more light you allow in you, the more the light coming out of you in your eyes. See, let our, our, your eye be full of light as we focus on the light, but then your lights, your, the, the, it's like those, that, I don't even know that one guy, that superhero or whatever, but the light comes out and it shines and you start to see even more than you ever seen before. One John two nineteen, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not of us. See, they went. They actually them leaving the the, the body actually showed where they were already in their heart. People that actually leave the church are actually being shown that they might not have even been of the church. What does it say here? They went out from us, but they were not of us. And then I'll skip back to that they might be made manifest, that they might be seen by everybody, that they were not all, they were not all of us. It said not all of us. So some people can go that were of us, but got offended or whatever. But there's some people, tares that are even planted, and I hate to say it because really the tares and the wheat are planted in the world. People say it's in the church. It shouldn't be in the church. If you're preaching the truth, it won't be in the church. But even as the truth comes and is like a light and exposes the dark, they get exposed and they either run from the light and run out the door and never come back, or they let the light expose and say, yeah, you got me. See, when the light comes, it exposes, and you either run from exposure or you embrace it. And say, yeah, you know what? Take the fig leaves off. Some Adam just said, all right, yeah, God, you got me. We need to be like Adam and just say, okay, you got me. I'm, yeah, I'm, I am hiding from you. 
But then others are like, what are you talking about, God? I'm good. He's God. He knows exactly. That's the funny thing is when we hide from God. Like, who's going to hide from God? He knows everything. He knows the inside of you, the outside of you. He knows how many hairs are in your head. But people do it anyway. But they think they can fool the bride. Well, the bride is one with the bridegroom. And the bridegroom can see everything and tells her friends the secrets about the word and about people. That's what being, that's why it says a friend of God. It's not, well, I don't, we're already called the bride. Why do we got to be a friend? Isn't that a kind of a demotion? What he means by the friend, he means by, because a friend, even when you have a child, right? But you're, let's say you're a father or a mother or whatever, and you have a child, but you have a close friend. You're not going to tell your kid everything because they can't necessarily understand things. They can't, they're not ready to hear certain things. They're only five years old, 10 years old. But then you have a friend that you can tell all the secrets. Well, I'm struggling with this, or I have this, or I have this going on. See, but then when the, when the child grows older and becomes 18, 20 and gets more responsible, then you notice when you come around your parents, or if you're a parent, you have a, a, a younger child. And now they can understand you. They can even help you. You can even help them. So now we're a friend of God. And he tells us his secrets because he trusts us with the secrets. There's some secrets from God that we don't necessarily tell to anybody else because it's a secret. And then there's secrets that sometimes God has a shout on the rooftops because it says things that are said in the secret will be shouted on the rooftops. And some things that are said in the secret place of the Most High from the secrets of his, with, with his friends will actually be told to be spoken out, out loud in front of the church. Revelations that have never been uttered. Secrets about the kingdom and the kingdom and the, and, the, and the time to come. Ecclesiastes 3.18 I said in my heart concerning the estate of, of the sons of men that God might manifest them that they might see that they themselves are beasts. Let's read that again. I said in my heart concerning the estates of the sons of men that God might manifest them that they might see, that the sons of men might see that they are beasts. That the sons of men, that humans, being human beings, would see what's in them. There might have been a time, because this is Ecclesiastes, this is a long time ago, where men thought they were okay and they were doing all types of sin and whatever. But what did the law came? The law came to reveal what was not of God and what was of God. The law was even a light, but it wasn't the same light. It was an image of the light to show those that were in darkness what, that they were dark. Until the law revealed that they were dark, there was, no, there was no classification of what was darkness and what was light until God revealed what looked, what was, was righteous and what was unrighteous, what was good and what was evil. So the law was a light, but now we have the, the actual intertwinings of that light inside of us. But God actually, but just like that scripture saying, and it, it even does to us, does it to us, not in the same way as then. But the fire reveals the things that are of the image of the beast. See, it, the word, the the light revealed back then, the beasts that they were. But now, today, the light is revealing the image of the beast that we still have. The image of the beast is being revealed, by, while the image of Christ is being revealed, and one's going out the dung gate, and one's coming in. It's, it's a shifting, a, a shifting that's going on in us. Those that have the image of the beast inside of them will worship the image of the beast. 
You're already worshiping the image of the beast when you walk in that image. How do I know you're going to take the mark of the beast? How do I know you're going to... Because it says those who took the mark of the beast and worshiped the image. And worshiped. Like in Daniel's time when it said, bow down, they're worshiping the image right now. With all this stuff that's been going on, it's already being done. By what they're doing, what they've conformed to, that's bowing down to the image of the beast. So the, the manifestation of who actually has the image of the beast is being manifested by what they're bowing down to. And what they're bowing down to now, what it's being seen as is going to be culminated in them taking the mark. Because it's already inside of you, spiritually speaking. You've already taken it if you're already... not saying that you can't be redeemed, that you can't turn around and deny that truth. That's That's the glory about where we're at right now, is that all these things are manifesting everything. People are leaving churches because of what they're seeing right now. Because the church is... What they, what they were not sure about was going on in the church. They were feeling, ah, oh, there's a little Holy Ghost there, but there's a little Antichrist spirit there. But now the Antichrist has come full-fledged because it's been manifested. God manifests everything. Everything will be manifested by the light. Do you get it? Everything. Every hidden thing. When man tries to say, I am the Christ, but there are another Christ, it's going to be revealed by the light no matter what. When somebody's holding a secret or somebody has something in their heart and they say, no, it's not in my heart... Don't worry, the light's going to reveal it. Don't worry, it will be revealed by fire. Let's look at some instances even, and I'm going to come back to it because i got a few other scriptures on this stuff. Let's look at some instances where the fire or the light actually revealed someone's heart. Go all the way to the back end here. Okay, go to, well, if you're not, you're probably not turning there, but. <laughs> 1 Samuel 18, 5 through 29. Let's look at an instance between David and Saul where the light, the fire, the revealing fire revealed what was hidden. Because in every situation and everything, especially in his church, the light is going to reveal everything. It will be made manifest. The, the works that men do that are good will be made manifest, right? Because it says, and I'm going to get to another thing. The alms that you're doing in secret, it even says that he will reward you openly. It will be made manifest. What you're doing behind closed doors at home, in your bedroom or whatever, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in your bedroom, if you're praying in the closet, it even says, I will reward you openly. It'll be seen. See, we're trying to be seen all the time, but Jesus says that's your reward right there. I don't want to be robbed of heavenly rewards because I'm trying to get some stupid spiritual reward or everybody's going to see me for two seconds and then forget about it in the next two seconds after that. I want to rot something in heaven that, see, because when you get a spiritual reward in heaven, it's like a, a reward that doesn't stop giving. It just keeps pouring out. It's like, God, okay, that's more. No, there's more to it, even more. It's like, it's like almost like little spouts of water that are coming from heaven. You've You've opened it up with one reward and it just keeps pouring. It doesn't even, it's like a reward that doesn't stop almost sometimes. You know it if you've, been, if you've seen it in your life. When God rewards you, it's like a, a, a reward that lasts eternity. See, God rewards us with things that last eternity. The devil rewards us with things that are temporal. Or we reward ourselves with that thing that's temporal, like being seen. Hooray, tomorrow you're going to forget everything. Or we 
because we don't like just being seen for two seconds. We try to be seen every day, and it's every day we're striving to do something, to, to be the next something so that everybody can see us and keep seeing us and keep seeing us. Well, it doesn't matter. Eventually, you're going to die, and everybody then will forget you anyway. But the men that, men that live for God and really live for God, that are not trying to be seen at all, they get remembered for, it's like, man, he's been dead since, like 1920 or you've been, he's been dead since Bible ages and you're still talking about him because he wasn't trying to be seen he was trying to be seen by God he was giving his alms to heaven Paul, all these guys they've been worthy enough because they were trying to be seen by God but you who try to be when we try to be seen it's, it goes away with, with all the temporal 1 Samuel 18 5-29 through 29. and David went out Whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. See, David was trying to be wise because he knew Saul's agenda and, and purpose in his heart. He was looking for any little thing on, on, on David so he can trip him up. See, Saul, understand where I'm going, to, going with this. His, Saul had something in his heart, and that was not necessarily seen, but I think David was behaving wisely because he was already perceiving it. See, when you're in the spirit, see, a spiritual man judges all things. Why? Because a spiritual man sees all things in the heart, not just in the flesh. See, when we judge by the flesh, it's because we're just seeing on the outside. You can't really judge right, righteous. Because somebody could be doing something and there can actually be a pure heart to it. And you're actually judging someone for something that's not a big deal to God. But somebody can actually be doing a good thing, but there could be a hidden agenda behind it. But you can't see as a spiritual man, so you judge them. But God, God is not judging them at all. Or someone, or sorry, or God is judging them, but you see, well, they did a good work. What is wrong with it? But you're just looking on the outside. You don't see the heart. You don't see that they did that out of an agenda. They look like such a goody-goody. They look like such a sweet prince, sweet, charming princess. But deep down, there's a motive, and God doesn't like it. So there was even some scriptures about their prayers were a stench to God. But they're praying, God, what's wrong with it? Because of the life they're living. Or trying to bring your gift to the altar, but you haven't even reconciled with your brother. God does, that gift stinks in front of God's eyes, not because of the gift, but because of the heart that still hasn't reconciled with the brother. That hasn't committed to love. See, it's more than the eyes can see. You want to really see what's going on with your brother. You want to really see your brother's heart, your, your mother's heart, your sister's heart, whoever. Ask for the sermon, because the sermon is our eyes. The more, and God even told me this too, to go with that. The more you walk in the Spirit, the more you see in the Spirit. The more you walk in the flesh, the more you only see flesh. And more flesh, and more flesh. Why are you so judgmental? Because it's flesh. You're so bothered with flesh that you keep seeing flesh. But the more you're looking at Him, the, the light is radiating, is coming from heaven to your eyes. It's like a beam that just, that, you know how lights shine off things, like bounce off things? That's how it is. Boom, boom, boom. And you see, whoa, i never seen that before. Well, you've just been with God. And now you can see as he sees. And Saul sent him, sent him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all people. See, everybody was accepting David already. And that's what Saul didn't like. And also on the sight of Saul's servants, and it came to pass as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the woman came out of all the cities of Israel singing, Singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy, and with instruments of, that's a weird way to, I don't know if that's spelling music, or of music. 
M-U-S-I-C-K, of music, instruments of music. Interesting. And the woman answered one another as they played and said, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Now, if you don't know, see, let, that, let the light illuminate your eyes to see what's happening here. God, would actually, God, was, God was actually orchestrating this. This 10,000. Because, hey, if I was one of them, I'd be like, well, I ain't saying that because I know that's going to make people jealous. But God knew exactly what he was doing. And Saul was very wroth. Oh, I wonder why. But was Saul wroth just because of that? No. Saul was wroth because it was being revealed what was hidden. He wasn't just wroth because of the action. He was wroth because that spirit was pulled out. Was not pulled out to come out, but pulled out to be seen. And really God was, what I believe about Saul is God was trying to show him himself before he showed anyone else. Because then later on, then everybody can see kind of like that the kingdom of Saul was handed over to the king, to David. But that's what God does for us. He gives us mercy, exposes ourselves to ourselves, and then if we don't, let it be exposed, and he has to expose us. And then God does go, I mean, nowadays, God goes through the days, back then, you almost, it's almost like sometimes you didn't have any mercy. Because well, God knew the heart, really, though. David made many mistakes, but his heart was good. His heart was pure. So God oversaw it. Solomon made one mistake, and God was wroth with him. But really, his heart, that's the pro- he wasn't wroth because of the one mistake. He was wroth because of Saul's heart, actually. Because his heart was not after the heart of God like David. His heart was after the praise of man. See, that's what, that's what you need to know that, at the end of the day is, where is your heart? That's what, God doesn't even care about your little mistakes and mishaps and mess-ups and struggles even. He cares where is the heart. Because I know, God is, is saying to you, I know I can change you. But what I want to change is the heart. Because that's where everything comes from. And Saul was very raw saying, the saying displeased him. Why did it displease him? And he said, they have ascribed unto David ten thousand, and to me they have ascribed but thousands. And what can, can he have more but the kingdom? He can't have more but the kingdom, but he's... That's, what, that's the whole point. And Saul eyed David from that day on. So that thing, event, actually made this, all this stuff start to come out of Saul. Because God already put it in his heart when Saul did what he did... Saul was already, before Saul did anything, Saul already had the praise of man in his heart. But what he did with king, with the, with the, when he didn't kill the, king, the other king that he was supposed to kill, he killed everybody in the land except the king and the cattle. But God said through Samuel, kill the king, the cattle, and all the people, leave nothing left. But he man pleased because the people wanted the cattle. And, the, and he kept the king. And God rebuked him and said, and uh, rebellion, that famous scripture, rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. This is what you've done. But you've been rebellious really in your heart, and now it's only manifest, Saul. What you did when you only allowed the cattle and the king to survive, you were already manifesting what you wanted, which was everybody to be happy and not me. He was already displeasing to God before God even rebuked him. See how it's manifest. See God was already displeased with Saul before he even... See, God was displeased with Saul already in his heart, and then he manifested his displeasure to Saul by the action. He couldn't manifest his displeasure because back then it was more about the outward, right? 
It wasn't a, now it's about the heart. Now God can express how he feels about our heart. He can see pride in you and show, well, he, he's always sees everything, but he'll tell you about your pride before you even manifest it. That's the glory and grace that we have now. But back then, he, it was the law. So he couldn't really expose to Saul yet that you displeased me because, of the, because you love the praise of men. That the event happened and made it manifest so that Saul couldn't deny it now. Because now God can, can, can show his displeasure and now he can base it off, look what you just did. I just told you, I gave you a command. God was setting him up. God was setting him up by sending him there because he knew what he was going to do. He knew that in that situation that was going to happen. And it was already planned because God is the author and finisher. But Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God. Ooh, that's going to trip up somebody. And he prophesied in the midst of the house and David played with his hand at other times. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. You know, the javelin is like a spear, basically. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David, even the wall with it, as David avoided out of his presence twice. He was trying to kill David right there. But, Saul, but God actually was doing all this because he was ready to switch kingdoms. He was ready to give the kingdom to, from Saul to David. And he said, this is the way it needs to go. I'm not going to kill Saul. I'm going to let Saul give up himself, expose himself, and... And, and then he ended up getting killed in battle. God didn't even kill him. He, the, the other army killed him. Or well, actually, he killed himself. So God didn't have to do it. And that's what Judas did, right? Judas killed himself. Because of the, when he realized what he, what he had done. See, it's when we start to realize what we have done. That's why I ask God to help me see now. So I don't have to see then after it's all said and done and manifested in the flesh. See, I don't want God is working with our, with our flesh and working with all these things and our and our and our mindsets that we don't that we're working out and working in from heaven. But I don't want something that's in me. That's why it says, "Walk in the spirit that you will not fulfill the flesh." In other words, walk in the spirit that you will not make manifest the flesh. Because when I walk in the spirit, I actually keep my old man behind. But when I'm in the flesh, the works of the flesh are made manifest now. What you're walking in is what you manifest. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. See, even Saul started to see. But he was still coming against the anointing of God. And was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. He went out and came in before the people. And then after that, then Saul even tries to think that if he gave David his daughter that he can trip him up. And then he even tried to set David up on a few things and tried to send him out to certain places to get him killed to see if the other army would kill him. But then when he sent them out for the foreskins, he, he said, Saul was making himself made manifest even more. It was only increasing until it came to that breaking point where it was like, okay, now you're finished. But he, was, he sent them out for the foreskins. He said that he was sending them out for the foreskins because he wanted him to get the foreskins in honor of the covenant he was now going to have with his daughter. But really, he, when I read it, he was actually sending him out to get him killed. So in his heart, he was actually trying to, he was getting him killed, but out, out loud, see, that's why you got to see what more of the eyes can see because the agendas of men are, are, is out there. And when you have discernment, you can see it could be, it doesn't have to, 
See, it's being made manifest for the people that can't see. But when we start to become like God as we're coming into the image of God, we start to see like him and see it before it even happens. You know how you can see somebody's downfall before it even happens? Not that you're looking for them to fall, but you can already see this thing in their heart is growing and growing. It's getting worse. If they don't stop, something's going to happen. That's when you know know your spiritual is you already see something in the heart that builds and then something happens and then people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I never saw that. What do you mean you never saw? I saw that. I've been seeing that for a long time. Now it's just out there in the open. Out there in the open. Let's look at somebody else. And I was nervous and I shut off Shane's thing this morning because he was talking about the same exact thing. About when Judas and, and he got exposed, and I was like, "Oh, I'm out." I was like, "I'm saying this. Like, I don't want to. I want to kind of keep it so we, so I can look at the message later and not get something from it and preach the same, you know." But it was really cool, and I was, I, I don't, so I don't know what he, what the message was about. I just know that one part spoke of what I was speaking about, and I was like, "All right, let me." Chapter thirteen. Oh, I didn't even put a thing here. I think it's Luke, if I'm not mistaken. I'll get it later. 18 through 27. I speak not of you all. I know who, whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Jesus already knew who was going to betray him. See, he already saw it before it even happened. He knew his betrayer before his betrayer, not only before his betrayer betrayed him, but before his betrayer started showing signs of betraying. See, a spiritual man starts to see the root but there's the root, then there's the stem, then there's the, the signs. Okay, this, this isn't looking good for this person. I'm starting to see something, signs here and there, and then the blossom. Then it happens, something happens. Then Judas manifested his betrayal from that he had from the beginning in his heart. Judas already portrayed Jesus way back when, when he had it in his heart. It was already done for heaven because not only does heaven see things before it's already done, but heaven... but. God knows about seed time and harvest. See, we think about seed time and harvest with giving and all these things, but there's seed time and harvest of the bad seeds you have in you. There's the bad seeds that are building in you, and it's being fed, and time goes on. Signs are being shown. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's being grown in the ground there? There's some weeds coming out. You better get the, the bleach or something because it's growing. And then it becomes this big thing that's so hard to remove. It blossoms. Now I tell you before it come, that when it come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, verily I, see, he was already saying, let, let this person, the one that eateth bread with me, let them know that I am he. Let, let the, by that sign, you see, Jesus was doing a lot of signs to let people know that he was. And he, and he, and he, that he was God. That he was the Messiah. There were so many signs he was giving the because they didn't see it, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. So there were so many signs and wonders that Jesus was doing to show them. And I'm going to get to Philip and Nathaniel in one point where he even shows Nathaniel a sign before he even... So Nathaniel could be like, whoa, you are the Lord Jesus. Because you, only you would know this. See, every, nobody would have believed if he didn't... Or not saying nobody, but the disciples believe without seeing... Some of them seen, believe without seeing a sign and a wonder. Because he just said, follow me. And they just felt compelled because they were really genuine. But then there's others that they need to see signs and wonders. They, they would have never believed if they never had a miracle or healing happen. 
So these things, miracles and healing are to show what is there to make it manifest to those that don't see. See, when we do miracles and healings and things happen like that, from heaven at least, like when, when Moses came to Pharaoh and said, God is saying, is, is saying, let my people go. He didn't just, he came and said, let my people go, but then he came back to show it. He's serious. A snake, boom, with the thing. The blood turned the waters. All the famine. And then, of course, Moses tried to do his trickery and tried to copycat what God did. He only did it because the devil saw what God did and copied it. See, the devil just didn't just do that. He just copycatted what God did there. You know how we talk about the devil's a copycat all the time? He just, he saw, oh, he turned over. I can do that too. Here, let's do it. But then God made it manifest even more. The, the locusts, the light in Go, only in Gosha, all the, all the different things that were happening. The spirit of death came and then he said, all right. He couldn't, Pharaoh couldn't deny it. Okay, it is God. Get out of here, please. But then Pharaoh... And how much more? Then Pharaoh saw that it was manifest, still couldn't take it, still didn't want to believe it, and got swallowed up by the, by the Red Sea. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I, re I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had, had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one to another, doubting to, of whom he spake. Now there was, a, was, now there was leaning on G Jesus' bosom, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Simon Peter thereof beckoned to him, that he should ask of who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast, because they didn't see, they didn't know who it was either. Jesus knew the whole time, they didn't know anything. So Jesus had a think for a second and say, how am I going to let them know without letting them know? How am I going to tell them? He didn't just tell them. Why didn't Jesus just say, it's Judas? Well, let's see. Right? Would that, wouldn't that be more simple? But he wanted to do more than just let them know that it was, just, it was Judas. Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should, then he then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, he it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he has have dipped it, the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop entered into him, or after the sop, Satan, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus said unto him, that thou doest do quickly. So he didn't want to just reveal who it was. The one that had dipped the sop is the one. So they got it, oh, the sock. But he was like, all right, not only am I going to reveal to them who it is, but I'm going to make it happen now. Now it's time for me to go to the cross. Father, it's time for me to go claim the bride. And he dipped the sock, and, and it manifested Satan in him. It, Satan came on him after he ate the sock. See, there's things that God uses to manifest things, and it's the, it's the, the things that confound the wise, the foolish things that confound the wise. How foolish is it? You're going to dip a sock, and that's going to make somebody... Fulfill the one of the biggest prophecies, and it did. And he dipped the sop, and he portrayed, and he, and and it led to why we're here today. It couldn't, we couldn't be here today unless that event happened. Whoever God, God already foresaw how it was going to happen, and he and it, and that was how it was going to happen. Either way. Now that we've gone through all the ones that you don't like, let's go to a good one here. 
John 144, 144 through 51. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there be anything good out of Nazareth? Philip said unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and saith unto him, Behold, an, Israel, an Israelite indeed. Jesus said this to Nathanael. Nathanael said unto him, Whence thou knowest, what, what knowest thou me? How do you know me, Jesus? How do you know that I'm a good Israelite? How do you know that I'm faithfully trying to obey the law with all my heart, mind, and soul, and love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, and doing it genuinely? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that, Philip called thee. Before Philip, because it said Jesus saw him after Philip called him, but Jesus is saying, Before Philip even called you, I saw you under the fig tree. What is that? He saw him under the fig tree, but he, he didn't even know Nathaniel yet. But he was revealing that he was God. Because Nathaniel obviously was having something happen there, whether he was experiencing heaven for a second or whatever, to let him know to be as a confirmation and a sign and a wonder to manifest that this was the Son of God. Jesus answered and said unto him, because Nathaniel, then look at what Nathaniel says. Because he said that, Nathaniel says this, Rabbi, thou art, and he answered and said, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than this. And he said unto him, verily, verily I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see heaven open and the angels of heaven, angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I knew it was you because when I was under the fig tree, I felt you. And then he said, I saw you. He was saying that that presence, that whatever you were encountering under that fig tree, Daniel, that was me. And now I'm standing before you in flesh. Man, these signs and wonders that, so you will see Signs and greater signs and wonders than this, the, the angels of God, you will see the manifestation of heaven. You will see it, and it will confirm it. Acts 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God all the way, all the way. He saw a vision, evidently, at about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of the God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, The prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. An angel confirming, We saw your alms, we saw the things that you've been doing, not man. Nobody was seeing what Cornelius was doing, but heaven saw it and confirmed it and came down and showed it, and then blessed Cornelius by sending Peter... And then Peter comes. This was like a double whammy here because Cornelius had it manifested from heaven that what he was doing was of God and was for God and was going to God. And now Peter's having a vision, just so we can, for, for the time I'm not going to read it. Peter was having a vision where he was on a rooftop and eating all the, and there was all these bugs and different things and blah, blah, blah. And it was actually considered unclean in, in, the, in the Old Testament. But then it's then uh, Jesus said, uh, eat, eat and um, let me see. 
What did it say? Kill and eat. Kill and eat. I can't even see it. Kill and eat. And Peter was rejecting it. Like, I can't, how can I eat this, Lord? This is unclean. But then, see, Jesus was talking about something else. He wasn't saying necessarily go eat bugs and all that and all these unclean animals. But he said, what I have made clean is clean. Because the, really, the, the, a lot of the stuff that's, some of the stuff that's in the Old Testament was actually stuff that some Jews added to it, or the law. Some, some stuff was added by men. The Sabbath was made for men, not meant for the Sabbath, all things like that. How, now, the Sabbath was from God, but it was the way it's now esteemed and it's not, and it's not done, and how it's all for man, the rest of it. Because Jesus came back and rebuked his, he didn't rebuke his own thing about the Sabbath. He rebuked how men were carrying the Sabbath like it was something. But he was saying now what was then was now an image. But was what I was talking about then is now manifested to you right here. I am the Sabbath. What you did in the temple back then, what the priest did is now manifested in you, is now manifested before you as the Holy Spirit has been poured out now. Just the same way. You put things on the altar and let them be burned by fire and the glory of the Lord filled the temple is the same way that we now do this in spirit. Now it's manifest. The, the images of what he was... See, God in the Old Testament, he, God was creating images of what things will look like in the spirit for us. Everything that he did in the natural with certain things when he was telling... He wasn't telling them just for, for nothing. He wasn't telling no one to build a boat like this and then to do the altar like this and the, the priest shall be tied to this and have... Fruits and uh, uh, all types of, types of instruments tied around his thing for nothing. It wasn't because he's was just like, I just want to be religious. Just make him wear flutes and whistles and all that and fruits and, and all this weird stuff. No, it was that God is an artist. He was showing the image, the movie of, so that now he was doing it. What, was, what he was doing then for, for, for them was obedience. Now what he's doing us for now is revelation. What he had them do for obedience is now revelation for us. And he, they were actually serving us back then because what they did back then is helping us now. Yes. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just obeying God and God sometimes didn't even give them an explanation. Jeremiah and all these other prophets were doing some weird stuff too and Ezekiel. But it was an image for us so that we can see and we can last the days. Everything from the first day was giving up for the last day. The elder shall serve the younger. See how all these things, they work together for our good. What they did back then and what we're even doing now is going to benefit the next generation. They don't even know. They were giving up and sacrificing all that they were doing. Even Abraham and, and Isaac's situation. God was correcting Abraham's heart and doing all that. But he was also showing an image. And now we preach about that. We talk about it all the time now. And it gives us so much revelation. It helps us. It helps us understand God's heart. God was imaging his heart in all these events that he was doing with all these people. And there's going to be more things. I believe even as we go on and as we... And when we go to heaven, there's going to be things that we didn't see now, that, but that we'll see then. And it's going to be like all tied together like art. Oh, yeah, we're going to skip that. Oh, so then when Peter goes to Cornelius, he didn't even understand the vision yet. But as he was speaking to a Gentile for the first time, always preaching the gospel to the Jews, now giving it to the Gentile, he started to understand, oh, what God made clean is clean. Well, they're not dirty because of what we said back then that they're, they're, they're uh, Gentiles so they can't receive the gospel. Oh, now we can preach to them. Now God, now we can, when he was saying eat them, he's saying receive them now. Now Cornelius had an experience with heaven. He couldn't deny it. That manifestation for heaven 
And he sent, and who knows if Cornelius even knew Peter, but heaven announced Peter for so Cornelius can be fed. There's people that might not even know you, that God is going to announce to them in dreams that you need to receive from this person, and they'll meet you after God talks to them in the dream. But then, in that moment, it manifested the revelation when he needed it the most. Oh, because it, Peter was probably conflicted in his mind, like, I can't preach the Gentiles. That, I thought we, they were unclean. Oh, unclean. Oh, the, the spider. Oh, they're clean now. Oh, I get it. I, they're, they're human beings just like me. Just because they're not from Jerusalem, they're not born in Israel, doesn't mean they can't receive what God is giving. And he said, Cornelius, centurion, a just man, the one that feareth God, a good report among all nations of the Jews, was warned from God by a holy angel to hear these words. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. See, now it's, in the Old Testament, it, he picked the people. Now in the New Testament, it's no respecter of persons. Who's going to cling to righteousness? But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God, God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching the peace of Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. The word I say ye know, which was published through throughout all Judah and began from Galilee after the baptism of John was preached. Acts 10. Oh no, that's what we just did. Matthew 6. Take heed that you do not your alms, so like, just like what we're saying, right? He, was, he did his alms to heaven, and heaven rewarded him back. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of men, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have, they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward, but... When thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand is doing. That thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth, seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. Shall reward you openly. What you're being blessed with now in, in the spirit that we can all see and we start to see in the things that are coming, even the sowing of seeds of finances, I know you're, you're sowing when you're reaping. I don't, just like Shane spoke about this before, I don't need to hear that you're sowing. I don't need to know that you're sowing because you announce it to me and that you have to pay for things in front of people and let it be seen. Hey, I got to see. No, no, it's when you start to reap. Sometimes, see, some people are sowing seeds and they're like, hey, I got a seed. But when you're not looking, they're like, I don't want to get that. You know, they're struggling. But to be seen, they get motivated. Like, yeah, oh, I get a double reward. I get to reap and I get to be seen. But God says, that's your reward right there. You just reaped what you've sown right there. You've sown wanting to be seen, and now you've been seen. Good, you reaped it. It's over. But sowing in secret. See, we need to get in the habit of, we don't have to be religious about it and be like, oh, no, I don't want you to know. But more like having, the, sometimes you tell people things to, to show the heart and to, to help them, but it's not to be seen. God knows the agenda. If you're doing things to be seen, then that's the, that's the reward. But if you're doing things to... Show people so that they can see. So you're either doing things to be seen so that they can see you, or you're being things, you're showing people things so that they can see, that they can see him. I'll, I'll, we're going to use examples to show you what 
he looks like so that you can see him. Verily, verily I have unto you know what thy right hand doeth that and when thou prayest thou should not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you they have their reward. I don't want to pray to be seen by you. I want to be prayed so that heaven can, can shake and, and quake and things can and move and groove and get out of my way and I can get in the way and I can get in his way. That's what I'm praying for. I'm not praying for it so that everybody can be like, wow, he's so talented at praying. Wow, he's so gifted. He knows how to pray a good prayer. Wow, strong prayer. No. Praying so that heaven can shake. So that things can quake. So that people can get saved. That's what you need to think of when you're praying. Not, oh, they're looking. Um, no. No. It's, they're coming. The vision. He's coming. Oh, I better pray. Not, they're here. They're looking. That's, that's, we need to change our heart about that. Or preaching. Oh, they're, somebody needs to preach. Wow, it's the perfect time everybody to see. No. I want to save that which was lost. I want to take captivity captive. I want to bring the sheep into the fold. That's the motivation. That's your reward, really. If your reward is not souls, your reward is to be seen. That actually needs to become our reward. Not just, see, this rewards where God rewards us for doing something in obedience. But then there's, but then when you actually start to have God's heart, His reward actually starts to become your reward because what He wants, you want. Now you have His desires. He wants souls, the souls of men. All souls are His, but He wants them to, He wants them to want His Him Himself, not just. He has them, but he's doing what he wants to do with them. He's putting some here and putting some there. Some he and that's the truth. That's the Bible. Some he throws in the fire and some he takes it into his bosom. And some he puts in his barn. The tares and the wheat they grow together. He he made the tares and the wheat, but he's gonna take the good of the field. But thou, when thou prayest, enter thy closet. So is this not saying to enter your closet religiously and go in there and? And be a prayer. And people, the funny thing is about people that go in the closet, they even have all these things. And they're like, yeah, I have. And they want to announce it to everybody. I pray in the closet. I do this. I do that. That just defeated the whole purpose of what he's trying to tell you. He's saying enter the closet so that your flesh doesn't feel that temptation to go to pray out in the living room where your wife and, and kids and, or your husband and, or your brother or whoever you live with can be like, oh, wow, they pray all the time. They're always on their face. Well, I know you're, you've been praying when your prayers have been answered. I know you've been praying when fruit starts to come from heaven over your life. When you've been praying for provision, not because everybody else is praying for provision, but you've been praying for provision to have provision and you actually get it, there's the manifestation of your prayers. You need to show me, you need to not, see, that's the thing, you don't need to show me. You need to show God, or you need to show, if you want people to see anything, let them see your good works, not your self-exaltation things works I want people to see I don't want people to see the things I'm praying I want people to see the answers coming so that they can be encouraged that they would pray and get answers I don't want people to see that I preach I want them to, people to see the manifestation of the preaching that people actually start to walk like what is being preached like sons and daughters of God whatever it is I don't want people to see what I'm doing I want them to see the fruit of it because the fruit is the thing that's seen, right? You can't hide fruit. The seed goes in the ground, the tree grows. 
you can't put it, you can't do anything. It's there out in the open. But the people are taking their C's and saying, looky here, I'm doing some righteousness. No, no, no. Manifest that righteousness and then they'll see without you even having to show them. It'll be a natural thing in you. Because people are trying to do righteousness and say, look, I'm, I do right, look, I'm doing it. No, and God wants it to be a, a manifestation of a seed to where it's natural. You naturally do it. Like nowadays, they're genetically modifying seeds and making them grow on, without, but when it's natural, it grows. There's nothing to it. It doesn't have to be man-made. It doesn't have to be touched by man. It grows and it grows and it grows and it shows. But then, when you get that genetically modified seed, then when you eat it, the, the, the genetically modified things get in you and you start to be like, whoa, wait. Oh, this looks like fruit, but I don't know. There's something about it when I eat it. It makes me tired. It makes me achy. It makes me... Right, the chemicals make you feel like that in the natural. But that's how people are doing it when, wow, I received from that preacher, and wow, there is fruit, but I'm eating it, but it's like, it makes me spiritually dead. Whoa, wonder what that is, because it's actually artificial. Because, and then you start to re walk like them, and then it's like, oh, how come it's not natural? I have to like, see, but when it's really from God, people eat from your tree, and they start to walk out where you're walking out naturally, not having to... Do what you do. You make them worse a proselyte than yourself. Like the Bible says, when it says you go out and you make worse of a devil than yourself. When thou, see when people are, are preaching, it's a birthing center, it's a, it's, a, it's a garden. When people are giving the word and leading people and doing all these things, it's, it's, that's what it's doing because people, they're getting seeds and they're becoming like who, what they're hearing from. If you're hearing from the tree of life, you start to walk on life. When you hear from the tree of knowledge, you get an evil. What does it produce? Death. And that's what happened when they ate the fruit. It produced death. And God said, you shall surely die if you eat from that, from that tree. And he, they lost their disconnection. They lost their connection from God. And they surely, they didn't die in the natural. They died spiritually in their connection with God. It manifested something. A few more and then we're done. John 9, 3. Jesus, oh, let's, yeah, Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, oh, they asked Jesus. Why has this, why is this man like this? Why is he blind? Is it his parents' sins, or is it uh, his sins? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God shall be made manifest in him. This miracle is being done just so I can show the work of God. Just so I can show that I am the Christ. This, just so I can show the kingdom of God inside of a man. Not because of the sin. So just, uh, uh, that's the foolish things I can find. A, a, a blindness didn't come because of any type of sin. It came to glorify God. God uses these things to glorify himself, to make manifest in him. John 14, 21. He that hath my commandments keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved by my of my Father. And I will love him. And I will manifest myself to him. See, all these things, all these little things, like I, we talked the other night. They're all, if you want kingdom formulas, these, this is, here's, here's a formula if you want it again. If you really love him, you don't have to tell me with your lips that you love him and your heart be far from him. 
If you really love him, I'll see that you love him because he's made himself manifest to you. That's what it says right here. He that loveth me shall be loved by, of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. So if you really love him, you say you love him. I know you love him if he's not only manifesting, but what manifests on you comes, is becoming a manifestation out of you. So that's why it says, their hearts are far from me, but their lips are, are close to me, but their hearts are far from me. Because in, but in the heart, nothing's being wrought of God. What are you manifesting? Therefore, whosoever ye, shall, ye have spoken in the darkness shall be heard in the light, in which ye have spoken in the ear, and the closets proclaimed upon the rooftops. I just want to make sure I get everything. John 3.21 But he that doeth truth Cometh to the light, and that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. So God's manifesting evil, but he's also manifesting what? If we have something that is from heaven, it's, it's shown. Every little last bit of it will be seen, will be known. And last one I want to read. This one it was, was really like, kind of hit me. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who both will bring the light to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the hearts. And then every man have praise of God. The counsel of the hearts. Oh, we thank you, Father. We don't counsel our own hearts. We thank you, Father, that we won't. You can stand up. We thank you, Father, that we don't. We won't wrought in ourselves things that are of man, but it's really divination because we're calling it from God. But it will be burned by fire even this day. And I thank you, Lord, that it is your mercy that is burned by fire so that we don't have to keep going on with it and wasting our time laboring in vain for something that's not from God. Oh, Father, bring to the forefront, to the altar today, Father, today, the things that are not wrought in you so, they, so we don't have to labor in vain with it anymore. There's mindsets in our minds. There's things in our hearts. Oh, we pray, Father, that you would reveal it by fire, Father. Yes. That we would not have to let it be a hindrance to us anymore, Father. Yes. Be happy that God... Be happy that God reveals things in you because you won't have to deal, deal with it anymore. You won't have to know. Because it says a man, a wise man loves correction. Why? Because now he sees something that he didn't see that was making him stumble the whole time. Oh, Father, there's things that are making us stumble that we don't even see. But you don't hate us for it. You're not mad at us. You just want us to see. And then there was a man with the Pharisees. They're blind because... Or there was Jesus with the Pharisees. He said, you're blind and you will stay blind because you don't see that you're blind. Oh, Father, when we don't see, Father, make it... Help it be manifest to us, Father. It is your glory to expose us, Father, that we won't have to be exposed on that day. Expose me this day that I don't have to be exposed on that day. Oh, fire. Father, let the fire burn my works now that it doesn't have to burn my works later on that day. Oh, Father. Let us not fall asleep, Father, because if we're spiritually asleep, Father, it just shows. Because the, when we're eating from the tree of life, it gives us life and we're awake. But when we start eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we die and we fall asleep. The tree of knowledge of good and evil is actually why we fall asleep. 
not even just to get rid of the information of the world, but our own information, our own thoughts, our own ways of thinking, our own little things puts us to sleep. But the life of God brings life in us. The fruit on his tree, it makes us come alive. We sing the song, oh, you make me come alive. But he makes us come alive when we eat of the tree of life. Oh, just stretch out your hands and say, Father. Father, Father, I want to be filled with life. Any man that eat my flesh and drink my blood shall be filled with life and life eternal. Oh, eternal life is to know you, God. Eternal life isn't a place. Eternal life is now. Say it louder. Eternal life is now. If you have eternal life now, then why are you asleep? If you have eternal life right now, then why are you not radiating with his presence? I'm talking to myself. Because it's to know God. So if you know God, then show it by letting eternal life come out of you. Not just talking about one day I'm going to get there. No, you're here now. Let it be like a river of living water in your bellies. Let it be like Jeremiah's fire that comes out of you that you cannot contain. That's eternal life. It's eternally being filled with the essence of God and letting it radiate out of me. Not a place, but a, 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 a river from heaven that continually fills me forever. That's eternal life. It didn't say eternal life, heaven. It said eternal life. There's heaven and then there's eternal life. Eternally being filled with God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. That's eternal life. You're trying to get there, but God's like, you're already there. Are you going to let eternal life fill you? Because the more you know me, the more that, that eternal life is filling you. Thank you, Father. Just fill us right now, Father. With that life-giving water. And he even said to the woman at the well, he said that I will, you, I will put in, a, in you a well spring that will never let you run dry again. This is eternal life, that well spring inside of us. Oh, we have it at our hands right now. The same glory, he said... That, that that which is in heaven, that it would be done on earth. And it's being done right now on earth. You're standing on earth right now, on this dirt, on this concrete. It's being done in you. I don't want to get to the place. I want to be in that place where heaven is inside of me, exploding out of me. In Jesus' name, amen.